0: The Bible is written in symbols and parables, and this serpent or snake is a symbol that's used to hide the real identity of the one whom that actually was. Who was it? The white man. and then they, the tail gone, right, they? Yeah. the dog, the Hey, my name is Eric McCoy, and this is Recovering Through Highness. You know, in this podcast today, um, I had done a similar uh, podcast on my audio. And I recently had done a lecture on this. And so I wanted to, again, discuss this a little bit. And one of the main topics is hate. Do you love to hate? Or do you hate to love? Both of those sort of discredit love. And when I think of racism, or I think of hatred, I think of sad individuals that are weak. And that's what I actually want to talk about today. And you know, through all of history, it appears that our desire to feel good has been a dominating interest in humankind, but it's lost to so many with misguided direction. You know, as mental illness may detract from the ability, parents teaching bad information to children, self-exploration of drug abuse that fails and extreme views of a God that's gonna promise an eternity of rewards by sacrificing self or pleasant things of today. And then we've arrived at a world of confusion, a loss of purpose, and the belief that many, that they're undeserving of happiness. You know, having a purpose feels good and therefore, I believe it's important, which is where many of the horrors in this world derive. But I want to send out a message really quick to all of those that claim to be Christians and then filled with hate. You know, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you literally think that that statement was just about next door and not a much bigger picture of neighbors, I believe that you're sadly mistaken. In families, cultures, religion, and government, many things that are taught are not always what things may seem, although they're presented as a way to happiness, feeling good, or having a purpose of some sort that's going to offer rewards of today or in this afterlife. When someone is Unable to achieve happiness or the ability to feel good derived from a purpose. This is when drug use takes hold, fights begin, and suicide becomes an option. Once that state of hopelessness takes hold. So why are we seeing this increase in violence, in suicide, and drug use? You know, I talked about this before. The United States of America has been called the land of the free, which is a very interesting concept, but far from the truth. Because what is freedom? Freedom implies that I can think, act, or believe without restraints. Now, I'll admit that murder and rape should be impeded because it affects another person's life, but finding happiness and feeling good requires an ability to judge my own actions and not be coerced by other people's standards. Now, I believe that the ability to have a real purpose and to feel genuinely good because of your passion requires the necessity to be able to think for oneself and not be told what to do or how to do it which again is a big premise of what I want to talk about, the ability to think for yourself. And I see all these videos of towns that are fully racist, still carry the Confederate flag. If you have an entire town that is filled with that concept, none of these people are thinking for themselves. Now this does not discredit the importance of listening to other people's opinions, but the world in general It fails to teach people what good decision making entails and how we can formulate plans that might be different or even disagree with the norm to find happiness. And that's what I'm all about, this concept of thinking outside the box. So when we explore the paths that others have tried to achieve a goal and only listen to another's direction, we can conclude that this road is leading to the wrong place if we choose, if it's not found within ourselves. You know, an ideal world would be a place where I could hold beliefs, thoughts, values, and a code for myself without the judgment of others and to take personal responsibility. This world would be a place where control, it came from within and it wasn't ruled by other people religions, and standards for personal gain, which creates torment in those controlled and those controlling. People choose to use and have that ability in this land of the free. People choose to use despite any legal consequences or harm involved because they don't know how to think for themselves. People get arrested because the government does want to think for them, but this thinking by others, it fails to look at the big picture of what the problem really is. You know, as, as I was arrested many times, it wasn't the consequences of incarceration that kept me clean and sober, but it was instead my awareness that sought for what was ultimately very important. Drugs are not the problem, and all laws do is they create societal issues that become a blame game, which send our families and our friends to an early grave. There was no interest, desire or pursuit of getting clean and sober until I decided for myself that this was the best thing for me. And unless we teach people to think for themselves, inspire an interest in valuing themselves, encourage and develop passions that intrigue them, and empower control that's internal while rejecting demands of others that don't hold true with my interests, with our interests, nothing is going to change. No government wants this freedom in such a clear fashion because control is the foundation of authority. Our educational system teaches through minimization and forced curriculums designed to control thought, and maintain control. Our criminal justice system enforces laws that take away the ability to think for themselves as we're required to wear seatbelts, homeowners associations that you're required to join that can control how you conduct yourself or use your property. And of course, Just Say No are examples of a lack of encouragement to allow you to conclude what is best for you you know, since much of the recovery community doesn't teach the principles of making good decisions for oneself, we can understand the vulnerability and the danger behind the power of not thinking for oneself. If I'm always with someone who can make good decisions or for me, never am presented with drugs or alcohol, and never have a desire to use drugs and alcohol, my sobriety is going to be safe. But will I always have someone present when I find a bindle of methamphetamine at a gas station on the ground? Will a thought, a craving or a desire to use be eradicated from my existence? Not likely. With all my personal experience, clients that I've worked with and my friends that are in recovery The thought to use will periodically present itself. And for that moment, we're alone to decide our course of action. Think about it. Most of the racism and the hate, if you think about it, is a result of ignorant people who think through the minds of others as information is passed down through generations. Why do we describe people by the color of their skin? Why do we describe people as African-Americans who have never stepped foot in Africa? Why do we define gay bars as such, while I've never defined a bar as a heterosexual bar? Why am I not referred to as a Swedish-American since my mother's side of the family is from Sweden? Does it really matter if I'm white, black, or brown? You know, the answer to this lies in a separation, and racism is found in all nationalities. Why do people blame an entire race of people for slavery who've never owned a slave? Why do people hang a Confederate flag in the South who are not alive when the Confederacy existed? This can only exist by people who are ignorant and can't think for themselves especially when you consider that the South lost the war. Genuine power is the ability to hold true to our values, my morals, my passions, without the need for others' approval. And it's to find a happiness and a freedom and a self-respect that nobody can take away. Now, this can be used interchangeably with personal power. You can be an asset to the world, you can offer hope to the suffering, and you can share a value that seems to be lost to so many. Now, I'm not gonna tell you what your passion is because this isn't my responsibility, but happiness, which is what we'll find through genuine power. And this is derived through actions of love, altruism, as I go out and help people, and responsibility as being a victim doesn't lend a place for freedom. Adolf Hitler, he held a sort of power that was only granted by his followers and would never have lasted if he couldn't sustain the numbers. Was he happy? Highly doubtful. And I apply this following this concept to all authoritarian figures who strive to control others, dictators are never going to understand the beauty of genuine power as their authority, self-respect and their freedom is offered to them by fear, which is the greatest destroyer of happiness. Now, I've always held a strong stance on teaching people tangible, workable tools that are realistic and they're based on a common sense approach of control while using None of this made sense to me until I got clean and I realized that my enjoyment of life, my happiness, my security, and my emotional control, it far superseded any importance to money, material possessions, and approval of others. I don't care what people think about me. What you think of me has no impact uh, or influence on how I think of myself. Ignorance or lack of knowledge is prevalent in our society, and it's seen in all avenues of our culture. Listen to this. What is least important appears to be what is sought out the most, and the highest value is cast aside for something that we have no control of. You know, I feel sad for bullies, individuals who file frivolous lawsuits, criminals, and those who seek revenge on people for acts committed in retaliation. Now, this can sound strange, especially if you've read my book, Pain, Failure, and Misery are the Stepping Stones to Success, as I was a piece of that company. Now, if I'm genuinely happy, secure, and in control of my emotions, I'll never inflict abuse, harm, or fear on someone because this is going to contradict that genuine power that I control because I'd be doing it to gain something through fear that I couldn't provide for myself. Bullies attempt to seem powerful, but they're damaged people or kids that can't sustain a positive view of themselves without the approval or control of another person. You know, one example of how people relinquish their personal power is when an individual in recovery decides to have a drink on an airplane because he or she is alone and nobody's gonna know. Nobody else will know is when you give that personal power away because you're saying that you care more about what other people think than how you think About yourself. If you ever do something shortly after that commonly used thought, then you violated a standard that you've set for yourself. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter if people knew. Personal power is going to be my greatest advocate at that moment because then I'm going to hold true to my values, my morals, and my passions without the need for others' approval and then I'm gonna find happiness, freedom, and a self-respect that nobody can take away. I'm not clean and sober today for anybody else because I do this for me. I'm clean and sober today because of the care and the love that I have for myself, which I control. Now, I use my friends, family, and coworkers for support sometimes, but I'm the one who's gonna make the decision and do what I think is best for me. Now, those who commit crimes have no integrity and lack of confidence and self-respect that eliminates any possibility for that genuine power. You know, when I was involved in the criminal activity that I've discussed in my book, I wasn't genuine. I wasn't real or authentic to myself. I lived in a world that wasn't controlled by me, but it was instead by fear. Those involved in such activities will deny this. But ignorance, loss of respect, loss of self-love, and lack of confidence breed criminal activities. Because I'd not risk incarceration for stealing something if I was confident in my ability to sustain a job that would provide the income to purchase that item. Thinking for myself is exactly what it says, and it doesn't include thinking for others. I can appreciate other people's views, I can disagree with them, and I can work to change things without an emotional response that will allow me to be more productive. Thinking for myself entails a non-judgmental view of the world as I lose interest in changing other people's beliefs and hold true to my own. You'll not change my stance on things. So why do I think that I can change yours? Now I'm not gonna tell you what to think, but instead I want to explore the process of how you think. Since our basic desire is to feel good and to be happy, we must think in terms of that personal power that we've discussed. Personal power is when I hold true to my values, my morals, and passions without the need for others, so I can find a happiness, a freedom, and a self-respect that nobody can take away. You know, after I've determined who I am, I'll make decisions that are based on the standards that I set for myself. I set aside everything that I was taught by my parents, my teachers, and my friends, giving me an opportunity to educate myself on my needs, my desires, passions, and interests. Early in recovery, some need to, he- to have their hand held, as cravings, withdrawal, and emotional pain can be debilitating. So don't misunderstand that need for direction. But once you're stable, test yourself with knowledge of topics that were presented to you By going to the source. You know, how many times have you been told negative information about someone and shared that story with someone else without researching the validity of the gossip and confirming the truth? If I'd learned this concept and practiced it when I was a teenager, things might have been different, but maybe not. (laughs) Some are going to feel that it will be different for them and follow the same route that I did, leading to many wasted years. The following story, and I want to tell you this really quick, is an example of thinking for yourself regarding drugs, as I want to show people a different way of thinking through personal power. So in high school, and even in junior high at times, drugs will be offered as something cool, told how good it feels, and how this substance is going to make you happy. Now, from those statements just described on an outwardly view, it sounds good. And it doesn't seem to have a negative outlook, right? Who doesn't want to be cool? Who doesn't want to feel good? And who doesn't want to be happy? If I were to take these statements as face value and think through the mind of the individual that was presenting that to me, who's not going to try it? If I were able to transfer my experience to you, which I really wish I could, and show you how to think with personal power in mind, you would understand that it may not be what it seems. So when I explore my values and morals with drug use, nothing will remain in line and it will destroy my self-respect. Drugs will destroy your ability to experience happiness as things become less enjoyable over time and dependence does not feel good. Adaptation level theory. So when I do something for an extended period of time like drugs, my body is going to adapt to where I will no longer get pleasure from it. So if you were to research the physiological effects and how substances destroy your neurons, that feeling happy, and feeling good, it can be lost forever. So when you put something like a drug in your body, your body will change to function as well as it can with what it has. So this change that occurs is not a good thing. At neuroplasticity, as your body will stop producing important neurotransmitters that will take your personal power away. There's nothing cool about this. But I encourage you to think for yourself and not through my mind. So you're following the rule that I've discussed many times on the podcast and in my book. Thinking for yourself entails a full understanding before you decide to try it. Because whether you like it or not, consequences will be involved. So ask yourself the question, that I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast and in my book, am I willing to pay the price? It's time that we come together and be a part of educating people with an understanding of the facts. Child abuse is found in many ways and beyond many parents' understanding. Boundary violations, as many think of physical and sexual abuse, but I want to expand upon that. Parents trespass on children's rights to think for themselves, and this is what we call mental boundaries. They violate children's rights to make their own decisions, volitional boundaries, to interpret and to act upon their own conscience, moral boundaries, and to experience and express their innate spirituality, creativity, and quest for meaning and value. This is what we call spiritual boundaries. And this is what I call when I teach uh, uh, family systems, a dogmatic or authoritarian type family system. And it's time that we stop this abuse and teach our children to think for themselves. It's time that we look at this hate that's out there. And it's time that people start thinking for themselves and not through the minds of the parents, the grandparents, the the friends who promote ideas that maybe you truly don't believe in. I want to finish with this. Listen to this guy. We all bleed the same blood. Everybody treat each other with respect. I don't care where you're from and where you came up and where you grew up. Thank treat you. each other right. We're all humans. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Recovering Through Highness. My name is Eric McCoy. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks.